Uh, of course, had this week a decision by the Federal Court of Canada finding that the federal government's use of the, not, of the uh, Emergencies Act in 2022 for the convoy protest was unreasonable, was not in keeping with the threshold laid out in the legislation. That essentially, the government overreacted in dealing with those protests. And I mean, it's refocused the whole debate on, on how it got to that point anyway. You know, and, and whether police were prepared in the first place, how much of that they should have been willing to allow, right, in terms of people uh, coming together, having a say, trying to get a point across. And, you know, it, it speaks to the challenge we're, we're still dealing with, I think, as a country when it comes to allowing or maintaining uh, all of, you know, these, these rights we have and allowing protests, but dealing with matters when they cross a line. So the convoy protest was one example of what posed a real challenge due to law enforcement and officials. Going back even further, I mean, there was the Occupy Wall Street movement, a lot of the protests around some of the G20 gatherings. Uh, there was the rail blockades in 2020. Uh, now, in the here and now, we have a situation with uh, many of the protests around the Israel-Hamas conflict and some of those which have maybe come close to or crossed the line. Now, police in Toronto have declared a certain bridge, a certain overpass to be off limits to protests as they attempt to manage the situation, but not everybody's happy about that and feeling that now police are overreacting once again to a situation. So an interesting piece on all of this uh, for Inside Policy for the McDonald-Laurier Institute. The headline, Canada has a protest problem. Here's how to fix it. Joining us uh, to talk more about it, uh, very pleased to welcome in the program here this morning, uh, the author of this piece. You can find it at mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Karen Beer-Lal is an Edmonton-based lawyer. He is a a partner, or rather, with James H. Brown and Associates. Uh, Karen Beer, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Uh, Doing well. Appreciate you making some time for us here today. So when you talk about Canada's protest problem, what does that mean to you? How would you identify this problem? Well, um... I think what the problem is, is uh, we have lots of protests um, that occur in Canada for various political causes. Um, A lot of them don't really uh, become more than a blip in the uh, media's attention, so to speak. And usually when you have a protest, um, sort of the point of having that protest is, you know, to get people talking about and caring about, you know, whatever particular issue that you have. as you were kind of alluding to earlier, uh, you know we've we've seen a few times in uh, in the past like couple years especially where you have a protest that sort of captures the national attention and it usually does that because it lasts for a while and it seems that the uh, law enforcement and the government you know don't really have a good way of dealing with their disruptive nature so. Um, you know, I, I think we need to have a conversation about uh, how do we deal with the disruptive nature of a lot of these protests, and then how do you do that in such a way that, uh, you know, protects your charter rights to, um, you know, freedom of assembly, freedom of expression, that sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, and you know, how do you balance that with, like, you know, public safety and preventing people from harassment or vandalism, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the nature of the message, is that ever relevant, or or how relevant should it be? Well, I I think that's a that's a difficult question because, of course, you know, in Canada we we have uh, fairly uh, permissive um, standards when it comes to 
freedom of expression, and uh, I would certainly agree that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we all can tell. Uh, well, I, I think I think most Canadians have an opinion as to when that starts to cross the line. Um, but the thing is, is uh, trying to f come up with a legal rule for when that line is crossed is a is a difficult challenge. It's not something that you know you can easily. Um, you know, right into legislation. If, it, like, for example, the the Israel um, the Palestine uh, or Israel Hamas conflict, um, the uh, a lot of folks in Canada, I would I would uh, you know guess the majority probably think that uh, everyone sort of has the right to their opinion on that conflict. Mm -hmm. I think also most Canadians would also recognize that you know if the protest is. Um, uh, starting to do things like, you know, vandalize elected officials' offices, harassing them at their homes, um, you know, conducting protests not in front of City Hall or, or the uh, Ontario legislature, but rather in areas that are, um, you know, uh, have like historically uh, significant uh, Jewish populations, then that's going to cross the line into unacceptable. But um, I think the problem with that is, as well, then you, you really have to look at the content of, you know, what they're doing, what they're saying, like how that impacts the groups and the individuals involved. And uh, that doesn't really lend itself to, um, you know, drafting legislation in a, you know, clear and coherent way because it largely would depend on what happens and what the content yeah. of the message is. You know, it's interesting. I mean, look, we have laws, um, you know, mischief, trespassing, these sorts of things. And, I, I you know, if, if police were going to be really, you know, strictly adhering to the letter of the law, you know, they could they could arrest people at any protest almost. I mean, protests are kind of disruptive by nature when you've got hundreds or thousands of people gathering or marching. You know, during that protest, they kind of are committing what would otherwise be considered mischief or trespassing or these sorts of things. So, you know, there's that question of what point police need to enforce the law as it were so where is that line or where does it need to be do you think yeah so uh, again i think this is a you know the, the one of the challenges that we we certainly need to have a discussion about in this country it's like uh, who decides where that line is um certainly i think that if the if the police um you know, start arresting people for mischief, trespass, etc. Um, I mean, a lot of the times when police action is uh, involved, it is discretionary. It's up to the you know the police officer to you know make the decision if they want to make the arrest or not. But I, I, I think the challenge there is is we're not uh, like we don't really mind it, it for uh, when a protest happens that like you we sort of expect as a society. Well, you know, people have the right to do that. People have a right to like organize and march and that sort of thing. Um, so if you if you start like cracking down on um, you know the messaging uh, or I guess like the for the smaller petty offenses uh, I think I think what that happens then is well um, what conduct are you actually policing? Are you policing the fact that you know um, these guys are marching and they you know littered or something, and you're arresting them for that, or or are you actually arresting them for the content of the message and the, the way that they're um, spreading it? So you know, I, I I think that there's an incongruence there, and we need to figure out a way to to deal with that. 
Is it possible, you talk about it in the piece, that we can sort of view different locations differently, maybe different levels or classifications in terms of what's more acceptable for protests or where we're going to have more leeway than, than others? Can, can that work? Yeah, so my, my thought on, on this is um, I think it would be easier to draft legislation just from like a politician's perspective um, if you give them... Um, if you enact regulations and laws that that focus on location more than the content. So uh, the suggestion that I had was, you know, you could call it like a traffic light system or something. So, you know, you have a, like a red, yellow, and green zone. Um, and uh, I, you could say like, okay, the most permissive rules for protests in terms of the rules you have to follow um, would be in the green zones, and that'd be like in front of city hall or in front of like the legislature building. Uh, most other public spaces could be yellow, so you know I have to register with the um, authorities so that way they know that the protest is happening. And you know I think that would be important to keep both protesters and um, you know sort of your everyday public safe and uh, prevent confrontations. Um, and then you could have red zones, which would be, um, you know, in a particularly sensitive infrastructure and that sort of thing, where um, you, uh, it's, it's typically not allowed to protest there. And I think that would give, um, you know, Canadians and protesters and police a little bit more uh, certainty with regards to um, how they're supposed to interact and, like, you know, view these, view protests, especially when the, uh, one of the protest tactics is to be more disruptive because, of course, that's how they get attention to their cause. Some interesting ideas. Uh, the piece is up, as mentioned, at mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Uh, Karen Beer, thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Appreciate it.